Hey, 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 we back at it again. Something out of nothing. Sports podcast. I know this is a sports show, but we got one of the greatest tonight in the building. A good friend of mine, a pastor, a leader. Just, man, something out of nothing. We are going to get right into it. I present to you Pastor John Hawkins. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great, my brother, man. I'm so glad to be on here with you, man. You know, I love you, man. Yeah, love you too. Yeah, it's a privilege to be on here with you, family. Yes, sir. Um, Real quick, for the people that don't know who you are, can you give a short, uh, brief introduction of yourself, like background and leading up to where you at today in life? Yeah, yeah. Well, my name is John Hawkins, and I'm originally from Washington, D.C., I grew up right in Northeast, Lincoln Heights, Washington, D.C., played football at H.D. Woodson and uh, won championships there. I went on to college to play ball, and uh, eventually I kind of got homesick, and I came back to D.C. in Lincoln Heights, and uh, that's where I went from being a football star to selling drugs on the streets. And after selling drugs for a while, I felt like, this ain't for me. It has to be something more to life than just being on the corner selling drugs. But I had no clue, had no answers. I didn't know what it could be or what to do. I couldn't read. I didn't know how to fill out a job application. And so all I could do is just sit in the honeycomb, what we call honeycomb, they call them trap houses, is sit in the trap house. And I just kept rolling the thought over my head. It has to be something more to life than this. Hmm. And nobody had any answers for me. And then one day, while I was sitting in that crack house, the Lord Jesus Christ came into that drug house and visited me. I didn't even know Jesus. I didn't believe in him. I had no clue about God. But that day, he visited me. And somebody might say, how do you know God visited you? Well, it's the same way. You'll know if an elephant stepped on your foot. When God visits you, you're going to know. And I knew that day that God had visited me. And he didn't answer my thoughts. He answered my heart. My heart was crying out for something that my head didn't even understand. Mm. There was too much history going on around me from slavery to being in the projects. I couldn't comprehend all that in one generation. Nobody never really taught us true history. But in the midst of all that struggle, that battling in my mind, God heard a heart cry for somebody that wanted out. And when I, when he heard that cry, he visited me in that crack house, totally changed my life. I gave up the drugs. I gave up sleeping with all the women. I gave up that that fast lifestyle, and I've been walking with him now for about 18 years. Been walking with God for 18 years. I uh, went to eventually went to Bible college, became a pastor in two years, and was a, been a pastor now. I can't even count so many years, and now and I've been doing this for 18 years. Married as well, um, and now I'm a pastor. And I pastor a church right here in Washington D.C., and we're presently about to move to Maryland to get a bigger facility. Oh my! I, you surprised me with that one. That that I didn't know that. But we we we're gonna get into that a little bit because I want to know more about what's going on with that. Um, speaking of you, you surprised me too. I didn't know that you played sports in in high school. I didn't know that. So yeah, for for can you what position did you play? Well, you know I played with Barry Leftwich. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, man, Barry. We played we played about two years together. He was a I played with Byron when I was in the 10th grade and the 11th grade. He was a senior. Wow. So when he left and went to Marshall, I was in my 12th grade 
and HD Wilson. We won the championship together my 11th, my 11th grade at HD Wilson. So yeah, I was I played offensive tackle, I played defensive tackle. I started both ways. Wow. I played a little bit of fullback, you know. Yeah. Um and then and then in my 12th grade when I really developed uh athletically, I started playing in the All-Star game defensive end. Wow. And then I went to college in in, in uh, Mooresville University, upstate New York. And when I got up there, man, I had so much freedom. You know what I mean? Like, they really believed I could make it to the NFL. But like I was teaching on tonight, my mind wasn't in the right mindset. I was I was on my way to live a, um, a, a rich life, but I had a poor way of thinking. Gotcha. And so my poor mindset, because I kept thinking about the hood. I kept thinking about going back to Lincoln Heights. I kept thinking about my family, girl, you know, girls. I kept thinking about everybody that was in my past, and I wasn't thinking about changing my life for the future. So eventually I ended up dropping out of school, coming back. And that's when I started selling drugs. Wow. 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 Man. Uh, let's get right into it. Uh, the living water church, you started the living water church. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? And, and, and where did the name, the living water church come from? How did that all get started? Okay. Well, 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 let me start from where the name came from. Okay. So again, now remember, I'm from the hood, right? I'm from Lincoln Heights. So, you know, I come up in the hood, you know, and when you come up in the hood and I sold drugs in the hood. So it's like, you see a lot of drug addiction. Mm. You see a lot of heroin addicts. I mean, you see a lot of, a lot of trauma. So it was like, for me, when I got saved and I became a Christian, I started following Jesus. It was like, man, God, I need, I need your Holy Ghost and power. I need power because the people, my people are bound to drug addiction and it's in every home. And, and you come on, you know where I'm from. So, and I know we, we, we are from this. So we know what crack addiction looks like. Yes. We, we know how it affects people's lives. So I was just, and I've seen how it hit my family. And so I was just on a mission like, God, you got to show me how to get to a place where we, we can see people set free from addictions. And so one of the things he began to show me is the power of prayer. So I started praying. I started praying violently. I started, the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The Bible says that the, that, 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 that the kingdom of heaven suffered violent and the violent take it by force. So I began to pray violently. I mean, I, I, I'm telling you, my brother, I started, I started praying for hours. I'll be praying from night all the way to the next morning. And I just started praying like that and praying like that. And, and then at the same time, you got to remember, you got to remember, I went to Florida for about seven years. Yeah. Right. So while I was in Florida, all I could think about is coming back to D.C. to help my people. Right. So I, if you was around me during that time, I would be crying all the time. I would be pleading with God for the people, for my people, and for the people in D.C. I mean, I, I would be fasting and everything. And one day while I was praying and I was praying and praying and praying out of nowhere while I'm sitting in church, I'm just praying in tongues. I'm just sitting there. And I'm sitting in church and all of a sudden. I went into a vision, or somebody may call it a trance. Mm -hmm. And while I'm in this vision, I saw about 8,000 members of a church. And I was the pastor. Mm -hmm. And everybody was worshiping God. Everybody was, was, was worshiping God in the spirit. And I looked, and I was able to see myself in the vision. And all of a sudden, when I looked my, lift my head up, I saw all these people and then all of a sudden, boom, I came out of the vision like this. And I came back to myself and I was like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm tripping. And I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I heard the Holy Ghost say to me, 
it shall be called the living water. Wow. That's how we got the name, the Living Water Church. Wow. Hey, man, I always wanted to know that. And I know the people, you know, that's, that's tuning in and that's going to be tuning in want to know, wanted to know that. Um, speaking of, uh, you said you was in Florida. I believe, I'm, I'm not sure, correct me if I'm wrong. You went to the River Bible Institute. Is, yes. Is, is that in Florida? That is in Florida. Okay, uh, what, what, how did you um, get from that point to go to the, uh, the River Bible Institute? What led you, I know you said, stated it earlier, but what led you to go to the River Bible Institute? Yeah, my whole life has been guided by, the, by God's hand. God's hand has been, been really involved in my life heavy. So it was during a time where I was living up here in, in the DMV area. And God was blessing my wife and I. And, you know, and we were, you know, we had a house out in Crofton, two cars, making a lot of money from the hood. And now I'm making legal money and we living good. Our house was beautiful. We was living good. Christian couple, you know, living good, making plenty of money, going to church, being good Christians. But then, brother, I watched this movie. Mm. Movie messed me up. It was a movie called Faith Like a Potato. Wow. Faith Like a Potato. You should get, everybody should check that movie out. Got to. I watched the movie and I saw a man, a regular man, an average man like me, who was living a normal life. And he felt like there had to be something more to life than what he was living. Mm. And then all of a sudden, while he was thinking that, God called him. And he went and transformed his whole city by walking with God. And the reason why they call it faith like a potato is because he had plant a potato, a seed of potato in the ground, and they were farmers and they wouldn't get no harvest. So if a, if a farmer not getting a harvest, then they lose their business. Right. So then he started praying to God and he started believing God and God let it rain. And then the potato started to grow. And that's why the program is called faith like a potato. Mm. And what it encouraged me is that how God takes nobody's like me and average people, and he can take them and use them to do impossible things. And that's what I wanted. I didn't want to just be normal. I didn't just want to just be average. I didn't just want to go through the normal routine of nine to five, going to work, coming home, open up the garage, close the garage, going, taking your, you know, going to your couch, turning the TV on, then get back up in the morning. I wanted something more out of life than the mundane routine. Absolutely. And all of a sudden, somebody, uh, I came across my brother, and he told me about Dr. Rodney Howard Brown and, 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 you know, and I went and my wife and I said, Hey, let's believe. Cause we, you know, at that time we had paid all our bills. So we didn't really have no extra money to travel down Florida. So we said, let's believe God. Cause he had a, he had a conference coming up. So we prayed, we asked God, next thing you know, we had enough money to get gas in the car. We hopped in the car, drove all the way to Florida. Didn't even tell our jobs, didn't tell our workplace, didn't tell nobody. We just hopped in the car, drove all the way down to Florida. Now, she's a teacher, mm. and I'm working over at Sasha Bruce. Wow. You understand what I'm saying? I'm working at Sasha Bruce. We never told them we was leaving. We hopped in the car. We left. We landed down in Florida. We got there. The conference started. Make a long story short, it was about on a Tuesday night at the conference. The pastor called us out. He didn't even know us. Lay hands on us. And said, God been looking for you for a long time. And now you made it here. 
And when you leave from this church, when it's your time and you're ready, you're going to be a mighty harvester of souls. And all of a sudden, people started getting up out of the whole church and started putting money on us. We had no money. They started putting money on us. People bought us a whole week for the hotel down there because we, we didn't even have nowhere to stay. We was going to stay in our car. Somebody, somebody paid for our whole week stay at the hotel. And then we stayed there for a whole week. None of our jobs knew where we were. We didn't tell them nothing. But at the end of the week, I felt to call my supervisor and let them know, like on a Thursday or Friday, hey, man, I'm in Florida because that's my man. I, you should know him. His name is uh um my man, my man uh uh dang. Oh, I I get it for you, but I'll tell uh, you you gonna know. Uh yes, yeah, my man though. Uh uh yeah, my man. So so yeah, so he used to be my supervisor. Yeah. And and um so yeah, so so I called him and let him know. He was like, man, Hawk man, I don't know, man. Uh they they might they might you know might fire you, man, because you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. He said, he said, because it ain't in my power. He said, because since you left, a new supervisor came in and I and I don't have my job no more. Wow. So I can't even, it ain't even in my hand. He said, you know, I'll look out for you. He said, but it ain't even in my hand no more. So I said, it's cool, I'm good. My wife never called her job. Mm. Do you know that night? I mean, you know, one night the pastor, Dr. Ronnie Halbrecht, he came to me and he said, I want to give you a scholarship to my school, a full scholarship. You could come, you ain't got to pay no fees. You could come, you get a full scholarship to school. Mm. So the end of the week come, we go back to DC. Yeah. And then we got to go to work on Monday. Mm. Do you know when we went to work on Monday, they gave me and my wife a full pay. A full pay. When we told them, when I told my, my, my new supervisor, a man I never met before, mm. he said, he called me into an office. He said, how is it that you out for a whole week and everybody telling me, you literally the best employee on staff here, but you gone for a whole week. I told him the whole story I just told you. You mm. know what my new supervisor told me? He said, man, you convicted me. He said, look at me. I'm sitting here crying about losing my house. I'm losing I'm about everything that I'm going through. And look at how much faith you got in God that you willing to leave everything for him. And I'm sitting here worried about this and I'm worried about that. He said, man, you convicted me. Can you pray for me? Mm. Bruh. Not only did he let me pray for him, but he gave me a full paycheck. My wife got a full paycheck at her job, which we got two separate jobs. And he gave me employee of the month. And shortly after that is where I packed all my things and I moved from D.C. to Florida and went to Bible school. And I think that was in 2009. Wow. Man, I I, I knew this was going to be explosive, man. Uh, Good stuff. Um, you you touched on the sunny uh Mooresville and, and and why you went there. So you went to sunny sunny Mooresville before you went to the River Bible College, right? Um, with the sunny uh Mooresville, did you, you played up there? Did you yeah. actually play? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, I, so yeah. So I went. You know, I went. I was high school, HD Wilson. Yeah, and then I went to Sunny Mooresville at nineteen. Okay, years old. Okay. And okay. so, yeah, so I came in as a freshman. Wow. I came in as a freshman. I played, man, I played, listen, hey, it was crazy because I was playing against grown men. I was 19 years old. Wow. These dudes were like six, five, four hundred pounds. Right. It wasn't no game. So I played my first year. Then after my first year, I kind of let it go. I went back to D.C. Got you. I wasn't going to ask you this, but since 
since you since I know you play now, I gotta ask you this question. Uh the coming up in sports, is sports uh uh uh, uh now a major, not major, but is this something that you think uh kids and and even adults should uh follow now or is it a good place to be or or not? If you do you no, understand I, I, where I'm coming yeah, from? Yeah, no, I think I think sports is cultural. Okay. I think it's cultural. There's nothing wrong with sports. And I think it's I think it's literally, I don't think we should lean on one side that is that is right for everybody or is wrong for everybody. I think it's right for whatever family feel like it's right for. I got you. You know what I mean? It's nothing wrong with sports. Sports is a great thing, but I don't think we should force it on families who don't think it's right for them. And I don't think families should tell another family they shouldn't be involved in it if that's what they want to do. I personally, I think sports is awesome. You know what I mean? I think sports are great. You know, and I think most families would agree that sports are entertaining, they're fun, and it's a lot of education in it, especially if you got the right coaches in place. You know, but I also understand some families who may not want their children to play football because of head injuries and and, and, and different things like that. Um, but then I also understand families who do want their children to play uh, football because I play football and I'm fine. You know what I mean? I don't have no head injuries. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm having a good time. You know what I mean? So I think football is great. You know, I think basketball is great. I think baseball, I love it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I like it. Like that's some, that's some of my pastime. You know, when I just sit back and chill and, and sit on the couch, I just like to watch highlights. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, growing up um, as a kid, like what would you say to, as a pastor right now, what would you say to a kid that's up growing up and they want to be a pastor? Like what path should they take to, you know, get to be a pastor? Because, and the reason why I'm asking this is because in the school system is no, is no curriculum for like, I want to be a pastor. I want to be a pastor. I'm, I'm talking about from elementary on up to high school is nothing there to say, Hey, how do I become a pastor? So can you explain to the people that's listening, you know, how could they, what's the steps that they could take as a little kid, uh, adult, teenager, that they can become a pastor? Well, first of all, we got to ask ourselves, what is the reason um, why young people are not finding uh, the desire to be pastors or, or evangelists or what have you in schools? Absolutely. It's because there's no curriculum for it. Right. You know, they took prayer out of school, right? You know, and they took so many, the Bible, the word of God, so many different things. So the reason why people don't desire it because they don't know it. They're not fully aware of it. And then what they do find out about a pastor is some pastor that's broke, struggling, hurting. You know what I mean? Life is just not doing well, right? And that's the only picture of what it means to be a pastor. So the best place for a person to start is two places. Number, number one, they should start by believing in Jesus Christ. That's the first place you got to start because Jesus Christ is not a religion. He's not a white man's God. He's a person. And when you get to know him, he will transform your heart. And when he changes your heart, he will guide it. The heart that he changes is the heart that he guides. And when he guides your heart, he will show you what he intends for you to be in this life, whether it's a pastor, businessman, or what have you. So the first place every person has to be, the Bible says that 
whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So we got to first start by believing in Jesus, confessing Jesus, and acknowledging him as our Lord and Savior. That's where life begins. The meaning of life, the meaning of life is to know God, not Gucci, not Chanel, not Louis Vuitton. The meaning of life is to know God and to know Jesus Christ, the one that he sent. So that's where we first start is by believing in Jesus. The second place we start is through begin to get a Bible. You got to begin to be educated because the, the, the schools are not teaching us what's in the word of God. So the word of God is full of stories of men and women who God has called from strange places. There was a, I remember there was one prophet that God called that changed my life in the Bible who mother was a prostitute. Hmm. Now, how many people know would know that your mother could be a prostitute and God can make you a prophet? Hmm. Most people have no clue, but yet it's in the Bible. People don't even know that Jesus's great great grandmother was 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 a harlot, was a prostitute. They don't even know that. It's all in the Bible. Her name is Rahab. It's all in the Bible. So so if people would get in the Bible, they would see that God picked nobodies like us. The Bible says that God uses the weak things of the world, the nothings of the world, to dumbfound dumbfound the world. He uses the weak things. To, to confound the world. That's what the Bible says. So we got to start with calling on Jesus, start reading the Bible so we can see life from a different perspective than what society has taught us, what Netflix, Hula, Voodoo, public schools, TV, everybody telling us something, but ain't nobody telling us the truth. The Bible tells the truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man can come to the Father except by me. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So we got to come to Jesus, come to the Word, and lastly, we got to begin to develop a prayer life. The Bible says, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So when we begin to pray, we begin to cultivate a relationship with God. We begin to cultivate a relationship with God. So that's where you start off those three things. Call on Jesus, start studying your Bible, and begin to start praying, which prayer just simply means talking to God. It's a two-way conversation. And eventually, when you do that, the next step from there, just whatever he tells you, just obey. Just obey what he tells you. And then if he wants you to be a pastor, that's what you're going to be. That's how my life, that's how it happened for me. Great stuff. Great stuff, man. Yeah. And and a lot of people don't know, man. What's so special about this is I've seen the transformation from which you was and which you are now, man. And, and, And that's the definition. That's how I came up with something out of nothing. Yeah, that's powerful. So, yeah, it's very powerful, man. It's very powerful. So, you know, you you inspired me, man. So I had to I had to bring you to the world to let them know, not that you already there, but you know, some people that don't know about you, I had to bring you on, man. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Uh another question I have for you. You 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 started off in this in a, in an answer that you answered pr- previously. What's your stand? What's your stand and take on prayer being taken out of the school? Why, why, why do you think uh, the government or who, whoever's in control did that? Was it was it for, for a specific reason or was it for because people have different religion? What's your take on that? Well, personally, I think it's it's for control. You know, when when you take see, that's the thing about Christianity. What a lot of people don't know. Christianity has been persecuted for thousands of years. Well, I mean, for 
for hundreds and hundreds. I mean, it's been over a thousand. Yeah, yeah, thousands. I guess definitely, yeah, thousands of years. Like, if you go back throughout history, do you not know, like, the Roman Colosseums? Because, you know, once Christianity was in Rome, that's what Jesus came up on the scene. And they used to use the Colosseum that we all go visit on vacations. That's where they used to literally take Christians and let them be eaten up by lions. Mm. Now we watch we watch what you call UFC, right? You know, you like UFC, right? <laughs> or I mean, well, people I, I like know. UFC. Yeah. Well, the, you know, or let's say basketball yeah. or football. Yeah. That's like gladiator sports. Sports. Yeah. So the, gla- the 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 entertainment of their day, it wasn't who was playing against LeBron. It was what lion was going to eat the head of of, of a Christian. Mm. Even right now in the Middle East, Christians are being beheaded right now. Wow. Right now, their hands are being chopped off right now. So, so this is what it is, is that one is a form of control. That's one. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you two of them. One is a form of control mm. because if you take prayer out, mm-hmm. then people lose their faith. Mm-hmm. When you lose it, when you lose your faith, you lose your faith in God. And when you lose your faith in God, you lose your freedom. Mm. You can't know freedom unless you know God. You think you got freedom because you got choices. But how do you know that the choices you're given isn't designed by the same person? There's times you might go into the grocery store and think you're picking two different yogurts, and the whole time they got two different names, but they owned by the same company. Right. Nobody knew that Coca-Cola owned Dasani or whatever the case may be. Right. You know, so you think that you you getting a different type of yogurt, but you don't even know they did that so that they can make more money because they know you want the freedom of choice. But the whole time you ain't free because you, you're dealing with the same organization. You think you're getting a different type because you got a different name. So that's one. It takes away people power. People lose power when they don't pray. They, they, they lose their own thinking ability. They don't think for themselves no more. They let the news think for them, whatever the news say. You see, you could tell people didn't pray because nobody wanted to come outside doing COVID. <laughs> How did you know? I'm not, I'm not knocking the fact. I'm not knocking precaution. I'm not knocking wisdom. But I am knocking people losing their freedom to choose. People lost all freedom when COVID hit. That means we just told the whole world that all they have to do is come up with something because nobody ever saw COVID with their physical eyes. Nobody ever physically saw COVID. Right. Only God knows what actually what was put out there, whether it was organized by a man or it was really something they claimed to be from a bat. Right. So, 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 you know, and all, ultimately all of it's leading up to a one world government. Now, let me give you the other thing, because if you go back to my videos, I had already told y'all who was behind all the COVID stuff along before anybody, even before Trump or anybody said anything. Go back to my videos. It's documented. It's on there. I'm talking about well before I kept telling everybody China and Russia was behind it. Did you know what I'm telling you, my brother? Yeah. I got the videos. I'm talking about, I'm not talking about a week before. I'm not talking about, I'm, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about probably months before anybody said anything about China. I was telling everybody, you know why? Wow. Because God had already visited me when I was in Florida. Mm. And he has showed me that that Putin was going to be working with the Asian people. He was going to be working with Asian people who had no remorse for human life. Mm. And he showed me that their intentions, he said a scandal was coming to America. 
And he said it wouldn't be by guns. They wouldn't go come with guns because he said America was too strong military wise in order for them to take over our country. Mm-hmm. He said, but the way they was going to come in through the Trojan horse. And he said the Trojan horse was going to be social media. They was going to sneak in through the, the news. They was going to sneak in through uh, television. They was going to sneak in through media. And look at what we have now. Most people are controlled not by guns that's going off in the streets, but by what they're watching on the media platform. Whatever the news tell you, you believe it. You see what I'm saying? So really, we are at war. We're at war, but you got to know the art of war. How do we go to war without letting our citizens be in chaos? Wow. So this thing, this thing really... Really, and I'm gonna I'm get it. I'm gonna hit it. I'm gonna hit the nail right at the head. I'm gonna go right on into the bullseye. Yeah. It even goes deeper than that. This thing is really about God and the devil. Mm-hmm. The devil has his people on the planet. God has people like us mm-hmm. who works for him on the planet. Mm-hmm. And Satan is using places like China. Mm-hmm. He's using places like Russia. God is using to his best ability. I'm not saying America is perfect. But God is using a place like America to work his purpose. Mm-hmm. And so when, when, you, when you look at all of this, when you look at all of what we're seeing here, mm-hmm. that this is really a sign of the times that Satan is doing everything in his power to remove anything that looks like God anywhere. That's why prayer is gone. That's why they, they trying to promote for people, for, for same-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. Everything that our grandmothers taught us not to do, our grandmothers told us to put some clothes on your butt, told the girls to put clothes on their butt, the girls are losing more clothes. Wow. And so when you look at this thing, Satan is moving in the nations of the world and he's trying to destroy anything that represents God, whether it's prayer, marriage, or anything else. And that's that's what's happening. So, but the reality is, Jesus is coming real soon. Absolutely, he's coming super fast. So everybody got to get ready. <laughs> man, uh, this 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 good stuff, man. This is good stuff. Question for you: um, You talked about fasting early on in a, in a, in a uh, podcast. How important is fasting to you? And in your opinion, why should people fast? Well, um, Jesus said in the Bible, he said that um, because the Pharisees came to him and says, we are fasting, but your people are not fasting. Mm -hmm. And Jesus replied, he said, well, they don't need to fast because I'm right here with them. He said, but when I go, they will need to fast. That's one. Two, the Bible says that certain demons can't be removed Mm -hmm. unless you add fasting to your prayer. So there are certain people out here trying to get things to change or move in a life through prayer. And they fail to realize that Jesus says sometimes prayer would work by itself, but sometimes you got to add some fasting on it. Okay. Some things will never move, but by prayer and fasting. Mm-hmm. So when you fast, you restrict your flesh. You cut your flesh off from the world and you single your spirit out to only to be able to connect with God become more sensitive to God. Mm-hmm. You become more healthier when you fast. Therefore, your thoughts become much clearer. 
and you have the ability when you fast to be able to better know what decisions you're supposed to make and what is really preventing you from obtaining what you desire. All the distractions are removed. You see that? Yeah. All of the cloudiness in the mind is removed. And now you step into a place of clarity because you restrict yourself from all of the things in this world that is clouding you from being able to perceive what God is trying to show you and get to you. Man, man powerful, man. You you got me over here. This is powerful stuff, man. Uh, great stuff. Uh, expanding, expanding. Uh, we talking to uh, the Living Water Church. Now, and I, I, I talked to you previously before we got on the podcast. You talked about you was expanding the Living Water Church. Y'all in Mexico and Puerto Rico, right? Yep, yep, yep. So we got we got a church here in D.C. We got a church in Mexico. And we got a work that we started a church over there in Puerto Rico. How did that all come about? Um, so with the, 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 the ones that are out there? All of it. I mean, well, you okay. talked about how, how. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, what happened was one day I woke up. I woke up in the morning and all of a sudden when I woke up, I heard the Lord speak to me. He said, Puerto Rico. Mm. And, and he was like, you know, like basically one day you're going to start a church in Puerto Rico. I'm like. I woke up, I said, sweet. I told him, I said, man, I just, it's like, I just, the Lord just was just showing me something that some about Puerto Rico, we supposed to be starting a church in Puerto Rico. And this was like several years ago. Okay. And I'm like, man, I'm not, I ain't going to Puerto Rico. I don't know nothing about no Puerto Rico. I'm, I'm a DC dude. The only place I went to outside of DC was Florida. And I ain't going to nobody's Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> and back then I ain't even like flying and all that. So, right. so, 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 and so I forgot all about it. Right. Well, then years later, which was in 2020, right in the heat of COVID, mm. smack dead in the heat of COVID, the Lord visited me and he showed me a map and there was two dots on the map. And one dot was in Mexico and another dot was for Puerto Rico. And he said, go there and start a church now. Mm. I woke up out of that vision. I said, the Lord just told me we got to start a church in Puerto Rico and Mexico now. And so what I did was I got plane tickets. Don't know nobody hardly in Mexico. I flew over to Mexico and we went and found a building in Mexico. We rented out a building. I'm talking about real Mexico, the heart of Mexico with the with cartels, every, I mean, everything. I, I, I was, I was going to ask you that, you know, but we'll continue. We'll get there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so just me and my wife, just my wife and I. So we fly, it took about five hours. We had to land in uh, Houston and then we, and then we flew right into Mexico. We got out, we got out the plane. We hopped in the car. We got there at night. So, and then we, then the, 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 the little, this little cab, it was small as I don't know what. So we riding in this little cab, man. It was like, man, it was the darkest, one of the darkest places I've ever been in my life. Like when you driving down the road in a foreign country, everything looked different, smelled different, everything, you know, you're not at home. I mean, the, the the conditions of the homes were like ran down, the graffiti all over the wall. Bro, it, it, it was serious, bro. Like, you knew. But I had God with me, so I was good. Right. So 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 we, we got in the hotel, and then we started looking for places. We started looking for builders. We went into, like, we went into like one of the worst places where not that long ago, a dude had got just murdered right in the point blank right in the street where bodies just sometimes just sit out in the streets. Mm. And, uh, and, 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 and so if people just walk and walk, walk by, like ain't nothing happened. So, so, 
So so we found a we found a building down there, yeah. and then once we found the building, we put out like ten thousand flyers. Okay. And we was giving out like toys and stuff for the kids, and the next thing you know, all these people showed up, and mm. then you could see on Facebook and all that. You see the videos yeah. when I got the preacher, the power of the Holy. Goes hit the place, people start getting delivered, set free, healed. One person was in a coma. How long was they in a coma for, sweetie? For, for a long period of time. A person was in a coma probably for months, if not a year, or right. for a long period of time. Right. And and the lady that came to the to the event, she said, Can you pray for him? I said, sure. We prayed, we held hands and prayed. Do you know the lady left at the end of the service and she busted a U-turn? And brought the FaceTime. She said the man woke up out the coma and showed me on the FaceTime. And he was clueless. He didn't even know what was going on. Wow. And then the church was started there. I left one of my soldiers, Pastor Robbie, over there, him and his family. I, I remember. They over there right now. Yeah. They pastoring the living water Mexico. <laughs> man. Um, in the heart of Mexico, like, well, let's talk about this, because this, this just came up now, but uh language barriers how did that how how did you kind of monetize through the language barriers of who who spoke english who understood i mean you know i know the lord will bless you in so many ways but could you talk about that a little bit like the understanding of the language barrier even with you uh going to uh buy the properties or looking for the properties how did you, how did, how did that come about well, you hit it right on the head. The Lord really helped us because when we got there, we started, you know, just talking to different people like in the hotel we were standing in, right? And mm-hmm. so when you stay in hotels up there, they have to be bilingual. Okay. Because you got a lot, you got people coming in from out of the country. Gotcha. So, so, so when I was, you know, talking to different people in the hotel, nice people, and I, I, I connected with a brother and, and, and he could speak both languages. And so he literally, and plus it was during the time on COVID, so people needed money. They was hurting over there in Mexico. Right. They was really struggling over there. And so I decided to be a blessing to the brother, like help him out financially, like give him extra tips and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so he would say, all right, well, I'll help you out this whole week. Wow. So he became my translator for the whole week. And you'll see it, you can see it on the videos when I went over there. He was translating, his name was Mario. He helped me, he translated, he did the deals with me. He, he, he helped me through the language barriers and he was with me every single day and through him, I was able to break through the line. And on top of it, the Lord came to me. He told me, there's a person that I went to, that, that I used to teach in Bible college. Because, you know, when I graduated from Bible college, I became a pastor and I became a teacher in the Bible college. Right. And one right. of the students that I was teaching lived in Mexico. But 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 you got to say, Mexico is like Mexico is like America mixed with Canada. So okay. she lived in a part of Mexico where like Canada is. Okay. How uh, like how America is or like how DC is to Canada or how Florida is to Canada. That's how far she is from where we are in Mexico. We are Mexico City. Got she it. was in a she was in a place that you got to fly to. Mexico is huge. Right. So the Lord told me to call her and let her become our translator so when we preach at nights. And she did it. She we flew her in, got her a hotel. She preached every single night. The people loved the church. They stopped bringing all their idols because they worship they worship statues and different things. They start bringing their statues to the church. They start turning from, 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 from the, from the, from these statues, from idolatry, and they started worshiping Jesus Christ. And I left my pastor Robbie over there. Now he has a translator, and that's how it's been ever since. Ooh. 
I got I got to get over there with y'all, man. Oh, man. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> um talking uh, speaking of business, uh we talked like I said we talked prior to this and 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 it stuck out to me that you said you started a a business school and a Bible college. Can you uh talk about that a little bit and and and, and what made you come up with that? Like, well, we need to start a business school. We need to start a Bible college. And on top of that, is it accredited? Okay, yes. For one, it is accredited. It's fully accredited. People can get an associate's degree and a bachelor's degree. Fully accredited. Um, and it's a part of um, Transworld Accreditation, which is one of the biggest uh, accreditations in the world. Uh, so all the major colleges in the United States of America is accredited by the same place that I'm accredited with. And all of my documentation is on the Internet. Anybody can find it. Go to Transworld Accreditation. They can find all of our credit. Our, the church is on there. Our full accreditation, everything. So you can literally leave our school and receive a bachelor's degree. Um, and um, and so. So, yeah. So the reason why we started it, because their spirituality is like a desert in the DMV. It's dry. People got churches, people preaching, but the spirit ain't there. You know, so this school is dedicated to be full of the spirit where people can find conviction. They can find true biblical knowledge and they can find holiness and purity and commitment, you know, dedication to God, devotion to God, like the men of old. And that's what this Bible school is for. It's it's to bring true Christianity back where, where bishops are not bishop on Sunday, but they're sleeping around on their wife on Monday. You know what I mean? Where homosexuals is not leading worship on Sunday morning and out doing all thing kind of things under the sun on Monday. You know, it's a standard. Christianity is a standard. And so in this school, we're raising up people that really want to be true Christians, true disciples, true followers of Jesus Christ and not uh, playing games and trying to be in one foot in the world and one foot in Christianity. Either you're going to be in the world, be in the world. Or if you're going to serve God, serve God. Make up your mind. You can't do both. You can't live like the like God, live for God on Sunday, and live like the devil on Monday. You can't do both. Make a choice. And so that's what this school is about. It's about drawing a line and a saying. And anybody who really wants to live for God, who really wants to serve the Lord, Christian Academy Bible College is for you. Come, and you'll learn a lot. I'm telling you, the classes are powerful. You can even watch our program, because uh, we let everybody watch a class for free every Tuesday. We offer a free class every Tuesday um, on, on the internet. So you can see us on Facebook. Um, you can see us on, um, on, on YouTube, free class about humility. And, and it's powerful. So you can see how beautiful these classes are. And yeah. it's life-changing. So that's why we started, because I'm from D.C. And a, a true spirituality is missing in this region. And we did it to offer that. And, and then with the business college, it's really the same thing. It's because there's so much shortage. There's so much lack, especially in our community when it comes to spiritual knowledge and when it comes to financial literacy, right. you know? So to me, it's an effort to free our people from bondage, from slavery. It may not be with chains, but slavery is in the mind. And yeah. so through these schools, we are breaking the shackles off of people's mind. And if you want to set somebody free, get them close to God and get them financially free. And this is why we have these schools in place. Man, touching. Uh, quick question on uh, on top of that: Can you transfer credits in from a, if you wanted to transfer from another school to your school? Nobody has never done it because this is our first year of doing it. 
but I'm pretty sure you can. All I had to do, oh, my wife is saying, yes, you can. You can. So, yes. Yes, I, you can. I got to speak to the first lady. The fr- it, 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 can she, can she kind of get in between or, or, or is no... Well, she, she, she handles she handle some, some church okay. uh, administrative work right now. Cool. I, 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 had, I had a couple of questions for her, but we're we going to stick with this, with you. Uh, are you in favor of homeschooling? Do you believe? Oh in man, I love homeschool. I'm not against people who send their children to school. Like I told you before about sports, I think everything has to be balanced. Gotcha. You. you know what I mean? You know because just because I think one way don't mean the way you think is wrong per se. Especially when it comes to choices that doesn't hurt other people. When it when it comes to Christ, He's the only way. But when it comes to preferences. Mm-hmm. You know that that's individual choice. So I'm favor. I'm in favor for homeschool. My all my kids will be raised up in homeschool. When we, when my wife and I start having kids, all of them are gonna be raised up in homeschool. Um, because I feel like for us, mm-hmm. it is the responsibility of the parent to educate their children. Because nobody can ever ed- educate your child like you can. Mm-hmm. But I also agree if a parent do their due diligence and they find a good, um, a good place to send their child to, and they they thoroughly went through the school, the teachers, and everything, and they know the system, and they understand the outcome, and they they feel like it's a safe environment for their child. If they feel safe with that, I, I don't see nothing wrong with that either. Absolutely. Man. So I'm definitely I'm definitely in favor of homeschool. I love homeschool. I, you know what I mean? Because, you know, I mean, I went to public school, so, so you know what that was like. <laughs> well, I, my question, because you said... Uh, the first lady was a, a prior prior teacher, right? That's she was a teacher. She was a teacher. So, uh, I mean, and you can you can answer this because you you educated as well, you know. So, um, I interviewed Trayon White uh, prior, and I was talking to him about sixty uh, percent of uh, DC public schools and charter schools are under the grade reading level, you know. And so uh, that was going to be one of my questions. You can answer it too. Uh, how you feel about that? Like, how, how do we go about, you know, getting, you know, our community and our kids back on back on the right track? What, what, what would you do if you 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 had that responsibility of getting that to that level? Well, well, the thing is this: the, there are certain people in the government, like I like I believe. I mean, I don't I don't know Trayon White, but I believe I believe he's doing his best. I believe that there are people out there like him that, that are really doing their best to make a difference. And they're, they're doing the best they know how. And we have to commend them for doing their best. I mean, this what we're dealing with is not a one-day fix. You know what I mean? This is something that's been going on for far as we can remember. Right. And um, so this is not something that, that, that is done overnight. So I want to commend anybody in the government that's really fighting and doing their best and believing for funding and you know, believing for, for transformation and all those things. Cause I know I, I can only imagine if I was in their position trying to do what they're doing and, and have so much limited resources, right. Mm-hmm. It, it, it'd be hard. My approach is just a little different, you know, uh, because they, they are, they, they are limited based upon what the government can do. Right. Mine's is totally based on what, for me, what God can do. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Not to say they're not praying to God, but they still, but they still have to work through the government. Right. 
you can't just go and just, you can't just, you know, like everything has, is a process when it comes with the government. And so I respect their process. Gotcha. You know what I mean? And that's why, and they'll tell you themselves too. Sometimes they feel like their hands is tied. Right. You know, but when, it, but for me, my hands are not tied. I don't have to go through the government. I don't have to go through man. I don't have to go through, I go straight to God. And so what we're doing is we're believing, we're, we're going to take a, a facility mm-hmm. and we're going to start schools ourselves okay. all the way from daycare to elementary to middle school to high school. We already got the college. Mm-hmm. Next thing we're going to have is a university. So we as the Living Water Church are going to take on that responsibility for ourselves because in a sense, just like a biological parent, for the most part, is responsible for educating their child, I feel like a parent to our community to educate our people. Absolutely. A lot of times we always looking out for outside sources to fix us. Yeah. And so everybody get on the news and they say, well, why the government won't do this? And why they won't do this? And why the white man won't help us? And why this? That's no different than Africa saying, why don't America come and give us clothes? Or, and, and, and Africa got more oil under their ground than just about anybody. Wow. So I look at it, why don't we fix ourselves? Why don't we learn business principles like our white brothers learn business principles and start our own corporations and enterprises and, and not think that nobody hindered? Ain't nobody going to stop me. I'm not going to be stopped. You're going to look up every year in five years and three years and two years and one year and three months and one month tomorrow, and you're going to see me increasing, and ain't nobody going to stop me. No white man is going to stop me. No black man is going to stop me. Nobody's going to stop me, right? And if we could change our mind, then we could change our circumstances. So my stance is this. I'm not waiting on a white man, the government, or anybody to give me a handout. I'm going to figure out how do you do it. What's the law? What's the universal law? What does the Bible teach? And I'm going to go get off my lazy butt, and I'm going to get to working. I'm, that's why we teach in business. That's why we teach in all these different things. Because we're going to figure out the key to business, and we're going to work business, and we're going to raise up billionaires and millionaires in the Living Water Church. And we're going to fund our own projects. We're going to fund our projects to build schools. And when we build them, we're going to get the best teachers, teachers who understand the, the children. We're going we're gonna to not only, it's not going to just be sitting in a class learning information, but it's going to be very interactive. You know what I mean? It's going to be some of the, the, the foods that can help their, their brains to function properly. And we're going to do everything that it takes to produce a higher, better academic rate in our region. Gotcha. Good stuff. A uh, couple of more questions, man. I know you, 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 you've been at it all day long. You go at it all day. So I'm going to try to wrap it up and get you up out of here so you can, you know, do your due diligence. Um, what do you think uh, needs to take place to stop the violence in the community. Like, do you do you ever think that uh, it'll come to a point where it's not violence? We not killing each other or different things of that circumstances. No, I don't ever think that violence will ever in this earth be completely done away with. As as long until I don't think violence and all that stuff won't be done away with until as the Bible teaches, until we have a new heaven and a new earth. You know, as long as Satan is on the loose in the earth, he's always going to be stirring up something. That's just like having a a person who's a hater in your family. Unless they change, (laughs) they can always be stirring up some mess. Haters going to hate. So the devil is evil. You can't change the devil. The devil's going to always be evil until 
he's locked up in the pit for all eternity. He's mm-hmm. always stirring up something. So whether he's getting into a family member's ear, like he did with Cain and Abel, you know, he got in, he got in Cain's ear and Cain killed his brother Abel. Whether, you know, whether you being successful and you got a relative that the devil get in their ear and lied at them about you stirring up mess. So as long as he's here, it's always going to be mess. However, even though that's true, we can still shut the devil down wherever a true believer is at because we have all authority and all power over all the power of the devil. So as long as people like us who are using our gifts and callings to bring God's love and bring uh, the truth of Christ into the world, then where there's light, darkness has to flee. So you may not totally be able to uh, distinguish all violence, but you sure enough can knock out a huge percentage. So I I believe that you give people like me, you, and other people that are out here that are serving God, you give us several years. And before you know it, the violence that is taking place in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia will be reduced. It will be reduced. It will come down tremendously because when light is shining, darkness has to flee. People like me preaching the good news, you helping these young brothers out here in sports, people like Trayon and all these wonderful people all over doing good things to serve the Lord, eventually a lot of this violence will begin to subside. So we got we to gotta keep doing the work and we got to keep recruiting people. We got to stay in church. We got to stay positive. We got to keep representing Christ everywhere we go, whether in the business field, uh, around our family, around our friends. And if all of us can share that light, then if the sun shines, the night can't remain. Absolutely. Hey, man, that's deep. Real deep right there. Um, Back to business school, because, uh, uh, no. Well, yeah, I'm going to answer that. And then I got one more question before, two more questions before we get about it. Um. You we sat down a couple of years back and you you sat down and you came up with a plan for me to get out of debt, uh, you know, to 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 basically get out of debt, you know, and you know, do you think um people live beyond their means and different things like that? Can you talk and touch bases on what people should do not to live beyond their means and a short plan, not all in detail, but a short plan of how they can get financially right with what they have. Yeah. um, The problem is, is that people's um, outcome exceeds their income. People got more money going out than coming in. That's debt. (laughs) You bound to be in debt. So then what we do, the next step is budget. See what you really got coming in. And what you really cannot afford. Okay. And then, and then we begin to alleviate those things that you can't afford until you can't afford them. In other words, what's that? That's a plan. Yeah. You see that? If you don't plan, then you fail. See, like what's the old saying? If you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. Right. You see that? Mm-hmm. So most people never plan their finances. They just make money. And spend money. What I do is say, hold up, let's sit down. How much are you consuming? What are you buying? Because everybody in the world knows that America is like a big old mall for consumers. Yes. 
So then I come in and say, okay, let's put a plan together. Let's put a budget together. Give me, write down all of the things that you're buying every month, every day, every week, from your haircut down to your rent. And let's also write down the total amount of money that you make within a month. Okay. And let's see how much you spend. The chances are somebody could make what? Let's say they make $3,000, $4,000 a month, but they spend like $5,500 a month. Right. Bruh, that's your problem. So what we're going to have to do, we're going to have to cut that cancer out. We've got to remove at minimum 1500 because you're 1500 over what your income is. Right. At minimum, $1,500. And then that moving 1500 that just puts you at paycheck to paycheck, which we don't want you there. So we're going to have to do something else. Okay? And so, and then you find out that people pick, spend a, a, a money on cable like they need it. Oh, I need cable. I got to have my cable. Like cable is water or something. Right. Cable ain't no daggone commodity. <laughs> cable ain't no asset. Right. <laughs> That's a luxury. You know, then you got people with all these these iPhones paying twelve hundred dollars for an iPhone. Okay, an iPhone is not no no necessity. That's a luxury. So you, so when you go down the line and you see they, they not only they got cable, they got Hula, they got Netflix, they got all this stuff, and they wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> right. So so I come in and say, listen, do you really need this, bro? Do you really want this? Do you need another movie or you want to get out of debt? Yeah, which and one? if they smart, they'll be willing to sacrifice the movies yeah. or whatever they need to sacrifice to make more money. Yeah. It happened for me. I remember you say, hey, you got to get rid of this car. This car's not. <laughs> right. You don't need that. That needs you to go need today. And you so, don't need it. And so we, we got to cross over to where you know, we're not on our calculators mm. minusing from our paychecks based on how many bills we got to pay. Because that's what we do. We put some of people, but they put, oh, I made $1,700. Yeah. Oh, minus my rent, <laughs> minus my electric bill, minus, and then you down to barely nothing. What we got to do is get that $1,700 check, and then we got another check coming in from Forex for $500, another check coming in from stocks. For another 1500 and we saying 1700 plus 500 1700 plus you know 5000 1700 plus oh man i jumped on tesla when it was low oh and you adding to your money versus keep subtracting because of bills right and that's what we want to get people to the place we want to get people at that place where they where they're accumulating they're building wealth and not constantly subtracting from their only paycheck that they have to pay all the bills that they accumulate gotcha uh, two more, man. I, I swear I'm gonna get you out of here. Uh, uh, a fan, or or what you would say, a listener, a viewer, they wanted me to ask you this. You said we could talk about anything. Uh, Creflo Dollar came on uh, YouTube or or some sent out a mass text saying that he want everybody to throw away his books and all of his teachings because he was teaching wrong. What would you say to a person that was in the church and they losing the faith in their pastor who, who does sort of things like, like what Clefflo Dollar put out there? What would you say to them? 
Well, first of all, I say I never even knew that. I never, even, I, I never, and, and and I saw that something was coming up. But the Lord, you know, the Lord had visited me. Jesus Christ actually came to me personally. Mm-hmm. Actually, 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 sat with Jesus personally, mm-hmm. and He said, "He, I'm gonna tell you why I'm saying this." I actually sat with Him personally. Um, it was one day. It was one day I was on my way on vacation, mm-hmm. and and it was on the seventh. And I and I and I got up and also Jesus appeared right in front of me. He, he came to me, yeah. and he told me, he said, he said, this. He basically, I'm gonna put it in our language. He said, Yo, this is your biggest problem. Okay. And he pointed at my head. When he pointed at my head, I was able to see what was inside my mind, okay. and I saw all these spots. And when I looked at one of the spots, out of it came a video, and it was a video of a pastor that that had committed adultery on his wife. And in the other spot, it was Takashi 69. And the Lord was showing me that your problem is that you entertaining too much negativity. I didn't know that I was wrong for watching about the pastor who cheated on his wife. I was just, you know, because it was a big time pastor. So I'm like, wow, I'm shocked. Oh my God, this pastor cheated on his wife. Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, I'm just trying to find out what happened. And then with Takashi Six Nines, you know, we from the hood. So it's like, when all I've never seen nobody snitch on that level like that. Right. So, so it was like that was a shock to me. So I was watching the little videos to find out who's mm-hmm. this little dude with the tattoos snitching on everything. You know what I mean? Right. I didn't think it was, you know what I mean? But Jesus told me I was wrong for doing that. Right. So ever since then, I try, I do my best to stay away from negativity. So even when I saw a video about something about Creflo Dollar, like I never watched the video, but you know how you on YouTube and you can see that something was going on because yeah. they say something about ties and all that type of stuff. Yeah. And, and I saw that, but I knew right off the break, Jesus had already told me, and I've been working on that, my brother. I've been working on Benji because I, I haven't always been perfect in that because sometimes I could get I could get sucked into something. I get caught up and just click on something and watch it like, oh man, Jesus told me to stop watching stuff like this. And so when I saw that, I knew I ain't, I ain't watching it because yeah. Jesus had already told me because what we don't realize, that stuff gets in your mind and it affects you. And I, I told on Sunday that what gets in you you know, out of the heart determines the course of your life. Mm. The things that you let come in your life will literally determine your tomorrow, how you're going to live. So I choose not to watch my best to watch. I'm not always perfect, but I choose not to watch stuff like that because I don't want it to get in my spirit. Mm. And then I start moving based on what that person is doing or not doing versus just totally living on what God is telling us. Because I don't know what Creflo did. I don't have no knowledge of that. I promise you, before the Holy Ghost, I never even watched it. And I don't want to watch it. You know, I don't know what's going on, and I really don't want to know what's going on because I because Jesus told me a long time ago to be protect myself from all that. And I'm doing my best. I'm not always perfect at it, but I'm doing my best right now. So I pray that everything is all right. And uh the best thing I can tell you and everybody that's watching is what Jesus told what the Lord told me many years ago when um when when I when I was watching when um Bishop, what was his name? Bishop Eddie Long. Yeah. Bishop Eddie Long, when he when he when he you know went through his ordeal. I asked God, I said, God, I said, if he could fall like that, I said, what makes you think that that can't happen to me? And the Lord told me, he told me to straight up, he said, mind your business and do what I tell you to do and you'll be all right. And that's your answer. That's all of our answer. Mind our business and do what God is telling us individually to do and we'll be all right. We can't be looking at somebody else's house trying to figure out our own house. Absolutely. Absolutely. You heard it right here. Pastor John Hollins. Uh, 
I want to say congratulations. Congratulations to you and the first lady on the uh, 18th anniversary that passed. Can you talk about that? I want to end on a good note. Uh, 18 years of, of merge. Man, it, it, I did not. When you when I saw the video uh, of you putting it out, I'm like, 18 years? And then it dawned on me, not to be like nobody else, but I was like, what, baby, we should have been married for 18 years or, or 20 years or whatever, whatever. So can you talk about that a little bit of what it takes to, uh, you know, go that milestone almost two decades being married and, and dedicated and living life together and different things like that? Number one, you got to keep Jesus Christ at the center. You can't even overlook what I just said. All those that all those people that's going to be watching, you can't overlook that. Right. And you might say, I know other people that, that have a good marriage, they don't have Jesus Christ. Listen, I ain't got nothing to do with that. Right. The question was, how did I do it? Jesus Christ is the center of our marriage, right? And I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. I wouldn't even know to be married if it wasn't for the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know how to stay married if I didn't learn it from Jesus Christ. Everything I know about marriage came from the Bible. It came from the Bible. And because I chose and my wife to do what the Bible says to do, it has kept us together over all these years. So I had to say that first. Now, let me give you the wisdom, which means the knowledge that has got us this far that Jesus Christ gave us. The first thing I'll say is that Couples have to play their role. Marriage is about role playing. Everybody can't be LeBron on the team. But in marriages, the husband and the wife trying to be LeBron. Mm. And a lot of people ain't going to like what I'm about to say. See, a lot of people ain't like what I'm about to say. But let me even use a better, better analogy. Mm-hmm. Everybody can't be Kobe. Everybody can't be President Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. But you can be a Kobe and a Shaq. Okay. You can be a Biden and a Kamala Harris. Okay. You can't have two presidents. And you can't have two leaders, dominant leaders on the basketball team. Mm. The husband is the leader of the house. But he has to learn to take responsibility, though. That's what the Bible teaches. The Bible says the man is the head. That doesn't mean the man is the controller because a lot of men going to hear this and some of these men are lazy. Mm. They're uneducated and they'll hear what I'm saying and think that I'm vouching for them when I'm not. I'm vouching for the truth. If they will stick with the truth and do what I'm teaching, then I am vouching for them. But I'm not vouching for a man that's abusive to their, to, to their wife, yells at their wife, don't, don't die on their wife, don't date them, don't love on them and all that. To that man, I'm not talking to you because all you're going to do is, is use what I'm telling you as a source of control to mm. tell your wife what to do, to bear your babies and cook your food. And that's not what I'm teaching. What I'm teaching is a man is the architect of the home. He's the, he's the leader of the home. He's the, he's the, he's the, um, that, that strong vessel, that protector, that facilitator right. of the home. That's what a head is to me. And, um, it's, so I say it's role playing. So then a wife has to play her role, right? So the role of a husband, watch this now, listen to the role of a husband. 
love your wives. Man, that goes against everything we learned growing up. Mm-hmm. The rappers told us not to love them. Right. The, the rappers told us that treat you know money over over females. Right. You see what I'm saying? The rappers told us that that women is nothing to be respected, even to this day. That's all they feel they raps with calling women out their name. So men haven't learned how to properly take care of a woman. So a man is supposed to love a woman. The, the Bible says that God gave the woman to the man to help him. She's a help me. So if God in life, you know, man, you trying to start something up new. One of the first things you feel like you need is help. Right. So if you actually get a wife, that means God sent you help. He sent you help. So if you really got that woman in your life, you're supposed to cherish that woman. You're supposed to take good care of her. You're supposed to, you're supposed to meet her love language. I want to encourage every man out there to go get that book called Five Love Languages. The best book. And, <laughs> hey, and find out from your wife, what is her love language? She probably will have at least two of them in there. Don't give your wife your love language. Give her her love language. Do the things that she asks you to do based on that book, and you're going to make her happy. Maybe it's touch. Maybe it's words of being positive. Most men are not like that. Most men don't tell their wives good things, like you're doing good, sweetie. Keep up the good work. No, they always tell their wife what you're not doing good. You need to do this better. If you did this better, maybe we'll be here. You're killing your killing your wife you're destroying it so get that book and start loving your wife your main role when it comes to being a husband is loving your wife is loving her loving her love that's your role everybody got plenty of role and for the wife for the wife her main role is respecting her man most men do not feel respected if the man say please don't spend this money out the bank account the woman does it anyway if 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 it would the men just don't feel respected. So once a woman learns how to develop and respect in her husband, and a man learn how to love his wife, oh man, now you have the best ingredients for the best marriage ever. And the other thing I will say is communication. Communication. In order for y'all to walk together, y'all gotta talk together. Cause y'all come from two different worlds. You know, they said the world, the world already told you that, but they say men are, are from Mars and women are from Venus. Yeah. It's the truth. P- women and men are from, they, they got two different ways of thinking. They built different. They designed different. So in order to learn each other and work together, y'all got to communicate, 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 communicate. And when you do that, it'll be great. The next thing I would say, get wisdom. Grow. Don't don't just get together. Oh, she fine. I love her. And you get married and y'all having all this intimacy and all this intimacy. And all of a sudden you start to get tired and you start looking at other women. No, get more knowledge, get information, get more education on marriage. Don't let your marriage die out. My wife and I, we're constantly growing in our marriage. We constantly having discussions of how we can revamp our marriage, grow our marriage. I'm not talking about going out here and get a bunch of those crazy toys and all that type of stuff and getting tapes and bringing that into your marriage. I'm not talking about all that type, that strange stuff. I'm talking about, I'm talking about having communication with your wife and learning your wife and learning the things she wants, the things you like when it comes to intimacy, when it comes to the future and her goals and your goals and let her know she feels welcome and she's a part and your marriage is going to keep blossoming. It's going to keep increasing. So I would say get wisdom. Don't just get married and then don't grow uh, intellectually. Make sure you're growing 
in the knowledge of what it means to be merged. Just like listening to what I'm teaching you now about marriage right now. And then the last thing I will say is that every couple need to have a church. Every couple need to be in a church. They need, they need wise counselors. They need pastors who will be able to sit there and counsel them when they having disagreements and nobody feels like, you know, they could come to the church. The Bible says, how can two walk together except they agree? So you need to get a church. You need to get a pastor and you need to sit under that teaching. And when you have an issue that you can't work out on your own, go get marital counseling. That's my keys. And that's what has caused our marriage to be a great success. And also watching other great marriages has helped me like Dr. Rodney Howard Brown and his wife watching their marriage show me what a marriage could be. And as a result, I wanted that and I did what they did and continue to do what they're doing to have that kind of marriage, which was a lot of the things I just taught you. Man, man, so powerful. Uh, before we go, anything uh, that I didn't touch on that you would like to uh, say to, to, to the fans, to the world, anything? Well, I mean, just in my heart right now, I just want to tell everybody that, you know, don't let the world suck you in. I mean, like a lot of media is not bad. It's actually good, especially if it's used by good men like my brother here. But some of the most powerful people are using media for the wrong things. I mean, if you go look on TikTok, you wouldn't imagine to let your seven-year-old child to just sit and watch TikTok if you if you watch it yourself. It's corrupting their mind. It's like letting them eat fruit, fruit Loops for dinner. It's corroding their mind. So I say that to say is that people in high powerful positions are coming under the influence of the devil and they're using these beautiful platforms like social media to control and diminish and destroy the minds of the people and to occupy you. And that's what, just like with the metaverse is coming. And if you think people were addicted to iPhone, you can't imagine what's about to happen with the metaverse and all this stuff. It's a good business opportunity for those that make money, but it's a poor opportunity for people who's about to start using it because you're about to be blinded from the return of Jesus. Jesus is going to come while a lot of people are wearing them goggles, caught up in the metaverse, have no clue to their heart, to repentance, to changing their life, to prepare for the return of Jesus. And they're going to end up missing the rapture. They're going to be left down here on this earth. And it's going to be really painful because then Satan will have permission to run the earth for a, for a period of time and people are going to be living a painful life, especially if you're a Christian. Christians are going to get it the worst because, because if you're a Christian, then you're not going to be able to receive the mark of the beast. But then those who are non-Christian, they're not going to care. It's like everybody didn't care about receiving the booster shot. Everybody just, yeah, shot, shoot me. Just put whatever in my body. I don't know what it is. How you going to go look at a label in a grocery store but won't look on the label of the booster shot? And that's not being injected in your body. So everybody is being prepared for the mark of the beast. Just how everybody so easily took all them shots. They don't have no clue of what was placed in their body. Get ready. Mark my words. Remember I told you that I told everybody about China. Now I'm telling you, everybody is getting prepared for the mark of the beast. Where you're not going to need to be able to buy no chips. You can't buy stuff in hotels. You can't buy nothing. You heard it here. You won't be able to buy nothing without getting the scan or the barcode or all that stuff under your skin. You will know when it happened. And you'll know that people are being prepared for the mark of the beast. And so I just want to let y'all know that that's what's really happened. Forget about, you just see what, you know, Kreplo doll and what you, what you see with all this stuff. We are living in the last days, right? I don't, I don't know what happened with him. I don't know, but I know what the Bible says. We are living in the last days. So whatever you think is crazy out here, 
get prepared for the for worse, for, for even more crazy things to happen. You think COVID was something? You think the things you seen on YouTube or something? Worse things are going to happen. But for people like me, people of, like us, people of faith, we're going to be able to overcome because we already knew this stuff was going to happen. Jesus already told us. It ain't catching us off guard. We already knew. You know, we already knew that these things was going to happen, that Christians was going to leave church because the Bible says that people will fall away from the faith. People will fall away. So, so, so people don't know this stuff, but they got to get educated. You got to get back into the Bible. You got to get into church. You got to know Jesus for yourself, not just through your pastor. You got to get to know Jesus for yourself. You got to get in that Bible for yourself and you got to call on the name of the Lord because the true meaning of life is to know God. It's to know Jesus Christ. It ain't about clothes. It ain't about your latest car. It ain't about how much money you got to make. I want you to have a lot of money. I want you to have the nice clothes. But life ain't all about that. Have all that. But while you got it, remember, Jesus Christ is the only one. Come to know Jesus. Call on him. Accept him into your heart. And I ask you right now, if you want to receive him, those who are watching out there, you know, if you want to get Jesus in your heart right now, you know what I mean? You might be going through a tough time right now. You may be going through a financial situation. You know, you know, money is hitting you hard right now. And you're in a tight situation. Pray with me right now and call on the name of Jesus and, and let him help you out. Maybe you having an issue with your wife. Maybe y'all having a fallout. Y'all just can't click at all. Like, you feel like she's the problem. You feel like he's the problem. You know, maybe maybe your kids, you know, kid, maybe somebody's sick. Maybe somebody died of COVID in your family. And you're just having a rough life. Listen to me. It's not a coincidence that I'm on here tonight. It's not a coincidence that I'm talking to you. I want to pray for you now. God, I ask that you just touch their life right now. I ask, Lord, that you would just visit them. Come on, bow your heads with me all out there. Everybody out there, bow your heads. Close your eyes. And just, I'm going to pray for you right now. Lord, just touch them right now, Lord. Lord, visit them, visit them in their rooms, in their cars, wherever they are, wherever they're watching at their jobs. Lord, visit them right now, Lord. Show them how real you are. Father, Holy Ghost, I ask you to move on them in the name of Jesus. And I just want to say to everybody that's listening to me right now, everybody that's listening, I want you to say this prayer with me. Open up your mouth, and I want you to say this from your heart. Say this with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. Forgive me of all of my sins. Forgive me for all of my sins. I realize, I realize that I have sinned against you. That I have sinned against you. And I'm sorry, Lord. And I'm sorry, Lord. For all of my wrongdoings. For all of my wrongdoings. And I ask you. And I ask you. To come into my heart. To come into my heart. And be the Lord of my life. And be the Lord of my life. Because today I believe. Because today I believe. That you are the son of God. That you are the son of God. And you came into human flesh. And you came into human flesh. And you died for me. And you died for me. And you rose from the dead. And you rose from the dead. On the third day. On the third day. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. And I'm on my way to heaven. And I'm on my way to heaven. Because I have Jesus in my heart. Because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. Amen. I want to let you know, those that are watching, if you prayed that prayer, just I want to encourage you to find a church home and, uh, and and grow in faith and be blessed. Yes. Uh, for those who want to uh, come to your church and, and, and attend your church, how can they reach out to you and get in contact with you and, and the church information? Yeah, well, well, we right here in Washington, D.C., 1610. Uh, that's 1610 T Street. Southeast, right off of uh, Minnesota and Good Hope. We're right there off of Minnesota and Good Hope. So you can be right on the corner uh, in that area. Uh, it's the Living Water Church. 
And so uh, Pastor John and Nidra Hawkins, and you're more than welcome to come. We have service every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. And then we have a youth service, a youth church. We have a church dedicated specifically for children, um, which is at 2.30. We, we also have children's church for our 8 a.m. and 10, 10.30 service, but we have a separate church for uh, youth for the ages of 8 and 13 years old at 2.30. So any uh, young people can come and be a part of that. And then at 5.15 on Sunday, we have business school. So you can come and be a part of that. And then at 6.30, we have a, our final service uh, at night at 6.30. And so if you want more information, you can find us at um, on Facebook or, or YouTube. And you can uh, type up on Facebook. You can put Pastor John and Nidra Hawkins. Or you can put in the Living Water Church. And you can message us. Send us uh, a message on Messenger. And you message us and we'll get back with you. Man, good stuff, good stuff, man. Um, oh, I I gotta ask this. You said y'all was moving. Are, are when you moving? Can you give out the, that information yet, or do you want them to tune in and, and follow you to get that information? Yeah, yeah, we haven't moved in there yet. Okay. So, 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 but when we do, we'll definitely give everybody all the information. Got you, man. I thank you for coming on this platform, man. Taking time out your busy day. To make this happen, man, it, it, it's just such a blessing to me because I knew this was going to be powerful because I know you and I know that you was going, I knew that you was going to bring it in and, and the kids in the area need to hear, the elder need to hear, we need to hear, everybody need to hear, man. It, it, I, I can't thank you enough for, for getting on this platform and you know I'm there whenever you need me. If you call me, I'm there. So, yeah, bro, bro, you know, I love you, man. So love you, man. when you ask me, you already know. Yeah, you already I said, know, man. You in my heart, man. So when you asked me this, man, it was no question, man. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of what you're doing with your beautiful family and business and different things that you in. And you got this new podcast and, and everything that you're doing, man. I'm proud of you. I salute you, man. I support you. I'm behind you 100%. And anytime you need me, man, yo, you know I'm just one phone call away. Yes, man. I, I, absolutely, man. You go ahead and, man, I'm going to let you go. Uh, Pastor John Hawkins, Nidra Hawkins, y'all can get at them, man. He gave y'all the information, and we're going to be out. Uh, Something out of nothing, sports podcast, man. Stay tuned. Next week, we got another one coming. Something out of nothing. Yes, sir. Let me see. Ah.